0: What's up, butt touchers? Thanks for listening and checking us out this week and leaving us those five-star reviews. New episodes of the show go up every Wednesday at noon. Available on all your favorite podcast platforms for a full list, visit anchor.fm slash don'ttouchthebutt. For news and updates about the show, visit our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash dttbpodcast. You can find me, your podcast producer, Dylan at twitter.com slash dylansovillain. Catch me streaming some video games live on twitch.tv slash dylansovillain. And you can also help support the show by checking out some of the adult toys and personal care products our host Deborah has available via Pure Romance. pureromance.com slash Deborah Wilson. All of the links will be available in the episode description. And now, let's get to the butt-touching. Welcome to the Don't Touch the Butt Podcast, a weekly dive into two new topics with your host Deborah and Steve. Whose butt are we touching this week? Let's find out.
1: Oh, let's go. I. Oh.
2: Yes, it's time for the Blitzkrieg Bob. Yeah. Because, you know, thermones and punk are awesome. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing that we don't have enough of in this world is punk rock. No. Simple. Simple, DIY, straightforward, three chords, although usually the same chord just moved up and down the neck. (laughs) (laughs) Like they're holding an A chord and they're just moving it up and down the neck a couple of frets to make it sound like they know what they're doing.
0: Yep. this song? Another four chords!
1: (laughs) I do like that mashup.
2: Mm. Oh, the, the four chords of awesome? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I played that actually for my dad and I said, watch this, because I looked at the chord progression for Don't Stop Believing, which is what they start with. And I said, yeah. yeah, I guarantee you that I don't even remember what the fuck they are. But I was like, I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of songs in here that they're using these four chords. He looked at me and said, there is no way. Played in the music. He said, well, I'll be damned.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tricking old people the best part of our days.
2: Well, the problem is that he never believes me when I tell him something outrageous. Which he really ought to,
1: <laughs> because you don't make a bet unless you're gonna win.
2: Yeah, he did teach me very, very well.
1: Oh, <laughs> look at that happy pussy! Hey, hey, that's why you sell sex toys. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but I was referring to my cat. Yes, my fat butt. He's so handsome.
2: And once again, Sarah's in the uh, high tech recording studio that we use, aka
1: uh, my guest room,
2: watching us. Uh, She says make the magic. I say make the sausage uh, of this glorious disaster that is don't touch the butt.
1: Well, I don't think that this is a total disaster. Not yet. (laughs) We're just, you know, talking into mics aimlessly for no fucking reason. Well,
2: at least to get the stuff before and after the show, because it gives him a good chance to get levels. And God knows what you and I are going to come up with.
1: Yeah. And a lot of times it's really fucking funny.
2: And sometimes it gets weird.
1: It does get weird. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me.
2: Yeah, that would be one of the ones that kind of got weird, which is why I'm kind of glad he threw it at the end of that episode. (laughs) So for those of you who don't actually listen the whole way through, listen the whole way through. God only knows what fuckery Deborah and I did that he's going to append at the end just for one last laugh.
1: Yep, I was listening to us the other night when I was going to bed and I kept laughing and I couldn't go to bed because I was like, dang, we are funny people. <laughs> are
2: you hey! Hey,
1: but they can't see that yet.
2: This is radio.
1: <laughs> We're not on the Twitch yet. Oh, God. I blame the him. Twitch.
2: The Twitch.
1: The Kinda Twitch. Kind of like the Facebook. And
2: the YouTube and the Twitter.
1: Yes.
0: Yes. That's All of exactly those have like.
2: to have the definite article in front of them. Dylan, didn't you know that? I do now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are Don't Touch the Butt Podcast. You can find us on the Facebook at Don't Touch the Butt Podcast.
0: Oh, that's <laughs>
1: housekeeping right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember to give us those likes and five-star reviews wherever you find pu- podcasts.
2: Exactly. And also remember, tell us what you actually think in the comments. Yeah. If you tell us that, oh, it was a wonderful show and you think we're full of shit that doesn't help a- either one of us.
1: No, if you don't like Steve and his rambling, let us know. If we can fix that. If
2: you don't like Deborah and her being a not nice person, let us know. We might not be able to fix it, but we'll at least be aware of it.
1: Yeah, that's pretty true. Because I'm always going to be kind of mean. It's part of my charm. <laughs> How do you think I got Dylan?
2: Um, he's Big a stalk- mean. Oh. <laughs> I'll say because he's a stalker. I mean,
1: well, there's that too.
2: I mean, tits made him want to stalk you. So I guess them tiggo bitties you got. Yeah. Okay.
1: Good for something.
2: Mm. Hey, girl. You mean besides giving your boyfriend a black eye during sex?
0: Yes. (laughs) Girl, I'm looking at you.
2: (laughs) You know, the sad part is, is that he is completely sober while he's doing this.
1: I know. I was just thinking about that.
2: Yeah, let's, uh, do we want to get this thing started?
1: All right, let's get this thing started and touch the butt of the Black Dahlia.
0: Dylan, it! <laughs> Starting for you!
2: Don't touch the butt! Episode nine.
1: Elizabeth motherfucking short.
2: That's her middle name, legitimately?
1: No, it is not. <laughs>
2: I say, who named her? Samuel L. Jackson?
1: <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> why
2: short? Because, because you are last
1: name. Uh, I
2: don't know. Th- this is why we do these things. And you find out what the rest... Well, before the rest of the world. Yeah.
0: Pretty much. I feel special. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, and he's... Special?
2: Short bus special, Sarah.
1: Oh, my God. And he's supposed to be the producer.
2: He's the ostensible adult in the room yeah
1: that's sad because he's like not
2: no he isn't especially given some of the things that he has yelled in the last pile of episodes actually
1: yeah so we're talking about elizabeth motherfucking short Mm -hmm. and she was born on july 29th 1924 in boston massachusetts She was the third of five girls, and her, fun fact, her dad was a fucking freak. Oh. He built mini golf courses for a living up until about mm, 1929 when the stock market crashed.
2: So he built mini golf courses during the time when mini golf was, like, bigger than Beanie Babies in the 90s.
1: Yeah. Like, although it kind of blows my mind that mini golf was, like, as big as Beanie Babies in the 90s because- Bigger. Beanie Babies in the 90s, hello.
2: Oh, yeah, but think about this. What else was there to do in the 20s?
1: I don't know. I wasn't alive. Think drink? Ab- yeah. <laughs> Eat, drink, and fuck.
2: Well, I mean, we know how to keep you happy, at least two out of three.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Eat and drink. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is the part where you tell him that you love him.
1: I do love you. I know. Good boy.
2: Okay, I was worried that he was going to go, I don't believe you, as he gets a bunny pat. That's adorable.
1: Unless it's I love you and I know.
2: Well, you know, because Star Wars. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, mini golf with the dad.
1: Yeah, so he was like crazy successful Mm -hmm. until the stock market crashed in 1929.
2: That sounds like a lot of people. They were very successful until the stock market crashed.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah and so he lost his job obviously because no one can afford to go play mini golf anymore Mm -hmm. so that was no longer a thing and they got very very poor very very fast and her dad's card was found abandoned and by the charles river Mm -hmm. and they assumed that he committed suicide because like, the car was left abandoned, and they assumed he jumped into the Charles River and committed suicide.
2: Okay, so that was uh, still in Boston?
1: Yes, that was still in Boston. Okay. You don't know where the Charles River is?
2: The Charles River is in more places than just Boston.
1: Well, bite me, motherfucker.
2: Your boyfriend might object if I bite you in front of him. You've done it before.
0: I'd object anywhere, actually.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just say and, so the the uh, Charlestown Bridge in Boston, his car was found abandoned. Yes. Okay.
1: And he was presumed that suicide was a thing because car was found abandoned. Mm-hmm. And their mom was fucking amazing, mm-hmm. and because she worked really hard as a bookkeeper, and they lived in this tiny ass fucking apartment, so that way like she like she fucking provided like five fucking kids mm-hmm. and girls at that. Oh my mm-hmm.
2: god. Yeah, that's uh. That is a lot of people and not a lot of space. I feel quite certain.
1: Yes, and the fact that she had a sickly daughter because Elizabeth was kind of sickly. Mm -hmm. She struggled with asthma and bronchitis really bad, and at the age fifteen, she went underwent some lung surgery. And the physician, the treating physician, Mm -hmm. uh, suggested that she go to a more mild climate in the colder months, Mm -hmm. and so she would spend three out of the five months or.
2: Three out of the five months?
1: Yeah, because there's only five months now.
2: Okay, so we have a new calendar, boys and girls.
1: Yeah. Woo! Yeah, so 2020's been over for a while. We're Uh, done with 2021. Yeah.
2: God damn, I'm glad 2020's fucking over then, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But she would spend three months out of the year down in uh, Miami, Florida. And she would, in the rest of the year, in Medford, Massachusetts, where her mother and sisters were.
2: Um, now, Medford, uh that's, I'm assuming, near Boston? Yes. Okay.
1: It's like a 30-minute train ride.
2: Okay, so really near Boston, just because trains are slow, at least in that time.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's, like, that's today's train.
2: Oh, well.
1: Today, that's a 30-minute train.
2: Well, I can't say I've been on Amtrak a whole lot, so... uh
1: well, it's been about a little over a decade since my last trip on Amtrak.
2: Yeah, and you have tripped since then, so.
1: Yeah, and I was with a very very fat person. <laughs> <laughs>
2: can't <even> start that. <laughs> uh, don't worry. We don't. Cuz <laughs> no.
1: So, um, yeah. Train ride. Train ride. Um, so short dropped out of high school her sophomore year of high her sophomore year,
2: yep. she dropped out of high school. Her sophomore year of high school, yeah. Were your notes were your notes done by the Department of Redundancy Department?
1: No, my notes actually say she dropped out of out her sophomore year of high school. I'm just improvising, <laughs> and I suck at it.
2: So she dropped out her sophomore year of high school.
1: Yep, um, and then in late 1942, like. Mm -hmm. December-ish, Short's mother received a letter from her presumably dead husband. Wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) So the man that we thought killed himself by jumping into the Charles River Mm -hmm. um, actually was not dead, and he was residing in California. Unless
2: he's a ghost. If a ghost- (laughs) That's just
1: a really bad movie.
2: Well- that too but if if a ghost can write a fucking letter man
1: i don't know look at the movie ghost
2: um i try very hard not to
1: uh yeah it was kind of a shit movie
2: uh but but,
1: besides that
2: but so he's been presumed dead for a dozen years six years six years okay so six years well i mean he 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 went missing in 1930 and this was in 42 so that's a dozen years um so he's been gone for a dozen years. She thinks that he's dead. She's mourned him and gotten over it. Well, maybe not gotten over it, but.
0: Yeah.
2: She's mourned him. He's no longer coming back from the dead. And then he, she gets a letter from California saying, hey, I didn't really die. I just abandoned you and the children to go to California.
1: I'm sorry. There was an I'm sorry in there. <laughs> it looks like junk mail. <laughs> <laughs> Says everyone who ever received a letter from me. So at the age of 18, she left home and went out to California they, to live with her dad, okay. um, whom she hadn't seen.
2: Since she was six.
1: Yeah. And so they lived in Vallejo, California. He worked as uh, at the Mare Island Naval Shipyard and the, in the San Francisco Bay. Okay. Um, in January of 1943, Short and her father had a disagreement, and she moved out. So she got a job at the at Camp Cook as a waitress on mm-hmm. the base, um, and then she couch surfed for a while with some friends, mm-hmm. and then she stayed with her with an Air Force sergeant boyfriend who lightly abused her.
2: Lightly mm-hmm. abused?
1: Eh, abuse is abuse, whatever. Um.
2: Oh yeah, because I mean, I don't know what did he only hit her with an open fist? Is that? I don't know. The the records are vague on that topic. The
1: records are vague because who the fuck wants to talk in in the 1930s 40s who wants to talk about abuse? Well, there's that and too. And women didn't have rights yet because they weren't human.
2: Well, probably abused, probably lightly, but there's not a whole lot of detail on that on that end.
1: Yeah, and she left him mid uh 1943, she went to Santa Barbara Mm -hmm. where she was arrested on September 23rd for underage drinking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You did a lot of that too, but I never got arrested.
2: She got turnt.
1: Um, And the juvenile courts sent her back to Metford, but instead of returning to to her home in Connecticut, Massachusetts. Massachusetts, whatever... In New A England? Place. Yeah. Up north somewhere. Uh-huh. Um, she, in turn, went to Miami.
2: Because that's totally on the way.
1: I'm uh, in Miami Beach. <laughs>
2: I believe he's looking for Amida Amiami.
1: I don't. Okay. I'm lost on both counts.
2: Going to Miami.
1: Oh, okay. What? Well, I-
2: Like that's apparently the Spanish version, and I feel certain that I butchered that.
1: Okay, so she she's Pitbull, and she's going to Miami. I
2: thought that was Will Smith, but still, I don't know. Don't ask me. (laughs) I knew about it. It can't be Pitbull.
1: You you did the Pitbull reference two episodes back. (laughs)
2: Lmfao. I'm in
1: Miami trip. Oh, that one, yeah. Uh, uh, Okay.
2: Dylan's was Lmfao. Anyway. Yeah.
1: So. Anywho, she goes to Miami instead of going home to her mother, and she meets this guy, because you know, as all girls do, their lives focus around men, especially at that time in in history.
2: <laughs> well, you're you're. I mean, you're not. I'm not wrong. Yeah, there's probably a better way to put it, but I can't think of one.
1: Okay, there you go. So she just wanted that D. Uh, yeah, pretty much. No, um, she,
2: she wants, you need to do the the phrase, she wants this dick.
1: This dick?
2: Yeah, that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so she meets this guy in Miami and she falls madly in love with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore, thou Romeo.
2: No, and, we don't want a love like that. It lasted three days and eight people died.
1: Uh Touche. Uh, anyway, anywho.
2: Okay, so she fell madly in love with uh, some
1: this military with, guy.
2: Uh, he was an officer, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, he was a major, something or another. I don't remember his name, and I didn't write it down because <laughs> <a> sailor. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, let's
2: see. That would be Major Matthew Michael Gordon Jr.
1: Yes, and what a mouthful that is. And I bet he is. i should not think that that's as funny as i think it is but i think that it's fucking hilarious it
2: is fucking hilarious dude you're finally on our level
1: and like so they fell in love and he gets deployed Mm-hmm. and he proposes to her via letter and he's like I love you I want to marry you when I get home he's in a plane crash and life fucking sucks so he's recovering mm-hmm. in a hospital and he's like finally getting shipped home t- to the states mm-hmm. it's all going to be hunky dory and they're going to have marri- they're going to get married and have babies and it's going to be happily ever after not
2: okay so what happens?
1: He gets in a fucking accident in that second plane that's taken him home three <laughs> days before the war ends. Three motherfucking
2: days. So he dies in a plane crash after surviving a, after surviving the first one.
0: Yep. Are you sure this isn't an episode of Mash? <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm pretty sure.
2: Or okay. final or final destination movie?
1: Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that this was, like, his life. I mean, like, it's sad, like, not to make light of, like, a sad situation, a hard mm-hmm. situation. Like, I feel for the family. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, not to, like, that I'm making light of his death, but I am kind of making light of his death. Uh, just because, like, it's kind of ironic that he died three days before the war ended in a plane crash. And he ostensibly survived the first one.
2: Well, he obviously survived the first one. Yes. Because he was alive for the second one.
1: I he wasn't. Like, you would think that statistically he wouldn't be, like...
2: In another plane yeah, crash. Yeah, like,
1: this. I feel like the statistics just aren't really there. Like, he was, like, the statistic of a statistic.
2: Yeah. Like, That's, um, you know, I actually don't... Didn't think to look up the numbers on World War II era plane crashes.
1: Yeah, neither did I. <laughs> like,
2: because if I had,
1: yeah. And so after he dies, she's <laughs> heartbroken. She goes back out to California, and she kind of farts around, doing working as a waitress, doing odd jobs, and and so she. Like, she just kind of hangs out and she does stuff, and like, and then she's murdered. And first, she just well, she disappeared, and then she was murdered yeah. ostensibly. Like, you know, well, you know what I'm saying.
2: I do. Um, now, before I go any further into this, let me go ahead and make a, give you all a warning. This is graphic, this is rough. So, this is your warning now.
1: Yes, you might want to get out now. Get out
2: now. So, with all that said, um, she disappeared on January 13th. On uh, the 13th, 12th, 13th, somewhere in there. Was it um, a Friday? Um,
1: I didn't think to look.
2: Neither did I. Damn it, Sarah.
1: <laughs> We're going to find out.
2: Okay, so while Deborah's finding out if the 13th of January 1947 was a Friday, um, Elizabeth Short's body was found in two pieces on a vacant lot at 10 a.m. Her body had been completely severed at the waist and completely drained of blood.
0: Yummy. Mm.
2: Medical examiners uh, determined that she'd been killed late on the 14th or early the 15th since the temperature of her liver was such that it was probably around 10 hours uh, since she died. Um,
1: It looks like it was a Monday.
2: Okay. So the 14th and the 15th would have been... Tuesday, th- Tuesday, Wednesday. Yes. Okay. I can count. Yay. Okay. So she'd been killed late on the 14th or really early on the 15th. Um, her body had been washed with gasoline. Um, her face had been slashed from the corners of the mouth to her ears, making a Glasgow smile. Ugh. Yeah. Th- think about the Joker scars from Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Those.
1: That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. Because I'm... <laughs>
2: something like that. Sorry. I went to see that movie in theaters the girl I was dating at the time did not like that magic trick
1: (laughs) I laughed
2: I I thought it was good too Um, so Glasgow smile she had been cut on her thighs and breasts where portions of her flesh had been cut away yeah Um,
1: like I'm just thinking about how bad that must have hurt like hopefully it was post-mortem
2: there. Well, I'll get to that in here in a second. Uh, the upper half of her body was over a foot away from the uh, upper half or the, the lower bottom half. half. Thank you. I know words. I promise. <laughs> the two halves of her body were separated by over a foot.
1: She was bisected.
2: Yes. I'll get into that, too, because this the, the Emmy report was some wonderful reading. I'm glad it was during daylight when I did it.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> then you'd be afraid to go to sleep.
2: Yeah, pretty much um her intestines uh which had spilled out from the lower half of her body had been tucked under her butt
1: under her butt so yeah. did that like lift up her butt and says so it was like look at me i'm a perky little torso <laughs> like perky I-
2: little pair of legs <laughs> yeah um, uh, her body had actually been posed her arms were above her head and bent at right angles um and the lower half of her body the legs were spread
1: because so, women are objects.
2: Well, very, very sexual, very objectification, very pin-up type pose. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't look at any pictures, although there are some available because someone from the, uh, I think the Los Angeles Times or the uh, Examiner, Yeah. I'm not sure which, got pictures of the crime scene um, in an era when that wasn't really normal to take photos of crime scenes. So... This is where it gets kind of clinical, and I'm going to end up quoting large chunks of the medical examiner's report.
1: And then you're going to have to dumb it down for me.
2: Okay. Um, The coroner who performed it was Frederick Newbar.
1: Okay. I got that. It's Uh, name.
2: Elizabeth Short was five feet, five inches tall, 115 pounds at the time of her death.
1: Oh, fun fact.
2: Mm hmm Five-five
1: is not that short. Five-five
2: in 1947. That was was
1: tall for a woman. Pretty
2: tall, especially for a woman.
1: So, fun fact, you are a serial killer's preferred type because they like five foot two blue eyes and blonde hair. So, you're more likely to be abducted. Hope you enjoy that fun fact right there. Good thing I have green eyes. <laughs>
2: yeah, but your hair can be dyed.
1: Yes. And now they have contacts that change your eye color.
2: Yeah, but you look way too much like a hooker with blonde hair.
1: I've done blonde hair, that. not my luck.
2: <laughs> um,. So, light blue eyes, brown hair, and badly decayed teeth.
1: Well, that's not too su- surprising for the time.
2: No, but the fact that it was noteworthy that they were that badly decayed, I thought was interesting. Uh,
1: yes, very.
2: Um, uh, there were ligature marks on her ankles, wrist, and neck. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: I watch CSI. I know what that means. Okay. Uh,
2: here's a quote. Irregular laceration with superficial tissue loss, uh, end quote, on her right breast.
1: That just makes my tits hurt.
2: Yeah, I bet. Uh, there were superficial lacerations on the right forearm, left upper arm, and lower left side of her chest. Um, the murderer or murderers uh, actually performed a procedure, a medical procedure called a hemicorpindectomy.
1: Oh, so that's what they call it when you're bisected.
2: Um, well, if you break down the Latin hemi, like hemisphere,
1: is top and bottom specifically,
2: and corpus is bottomy and is body. body? And ectomy is medical speak for removal.
1: Oh, my God. So
2: hemicorpondectomy is just what it says on the tin.
1: All right.
2: Um, It's defined explicitly as an amputation of the lower half of the body below the waist. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like, sorry. Like, that's really dark to laugh at. But but it is
2: defined as an amputation. amputation of the lower half of the body.
1: Like, can you live with your lower half of your body being
2: amputated? Yeah.
1: I don't know. I so side note. I used to work in a hospital, um, and there was this guy who came in with uh, stage five pressure sores. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means that it was like showing bone, Ugh. and he, they had to surgically remove the toilet seat from his ass. Oh dear! And the most that they could do for him, because like he what he wasn't mentally capable of taking care of himself, mm-hmm. was dope him up on morphine and. Just wait until he died. Oh, my gosh. It was glorious. Like, changing the sheets was so, so disgusting. And it was
2: so, oh, it was just glorious.
1: You have a weird definition of glorious.
2: Do you need to change your undershorts? No. Okay. Um, That
1: implies I'm wearing some.
2: uh, Fair. Do you need to change your leggings? No. Okay. Um, The cut was made at the lumbar spine between L2 and L3, uh, making the cut right at the duodenum.
1: Okay, what is the duodenum?
2: It's the part right after the stomach. So it's surprisingly so it's high. Higher. Yeah.
1: It's above the belly button.
2: Yeah. Um, there's very little bruising along the incision for the uh, bisection.
1: So it sounds like it's post-mortem. Exactly. That's after death.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another, quote, gaping laceration, end quote, uh, four and a half inches long from her navel down towards the pubic area.
1: Ooh makes me hurt
2: uh the glasgow smile numbers uh three inches long on the right side two and a half inches long on the left Uh, clearly not not. um the skull was not fractured okay uh, but there was bruising on the front and right sides of her scalp uh bleeding into the meninges uh on the right side indicated blows to the head
1: what is meninges
2: um it's so you've heard of meningitis
1: Yeah, but I don't know what that is. I just know that you get it from kissing.
2: That's mononucleosis.
1: Oh. Okay. (laughs) 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 We're just showing the world how dumb I am. Uh,
2: No, this is not dumb. This is lacking knowledge because you've got so much knowledge bouncing around in your head. It's just finding where it is. Mine is a pinball. Yours is actually more organized.
1: Oh, anyway. mon- uh, so meningi- meningitis is the thing that kills you because you don't get the vaccine when you're a teenager. Uh,
2: that's measles, I think. But meningitis—well, is there a yes? There's a vaccine because it's
1: meningococcal mm-hmm. meningitis. Okay, that you get the vaccine for. Because I had to get it.
2: Oh, fair enough. I'm apparently destined to die of it then. Um, so the meninges are too old for. It. I
1: don't. Know. Don't. But
2: the me. meninges are. Basically a cushion on the inside of the skull for your brain
1: oh. and meningitis
2: just means that they're infected
1: Okay, cool. I yeah. did not know that
2: so uh, the damage on the meninges indicated that she had basically been whacked over the head a lot Oh gosh. Um, Poor girl. Yeah, uh, the skull wasn't fracture and there's bruising uh, Bleeding of the meninges. Um, here's one. That's really kind of dark. Her anal canal was actually dilated. Oh uh, to one and three-quarters inches
1: so, well, did that happen before or after she died?
2: Uh, there's no real way to tell, but that does indicate that she was probably raped. Oh. Um, They did check the area for semen and found nothing. Oh, God. So,
1: that just makes my asshole hurt.
2: But the that's the other thing. Like, Again, this is 1947. The fact that they can even find seminal fluid. Yeah. You know, assuming that because her body been washed in gas to remove any evidence. Yeah. So, you know, one would assume that the killer would, you know, would I, have know perf- it. <laughs> I was going to say perform a post-mortem enema, but um, so the fact they didn't find any, but the fact that they were even able to look was actually kind of interesting to me. Yeah, um, the official cause of death was hemorrhaging from the lacerations to her face and shock from the blows to the head and face. Okay. Um, the media had a field day with this. Oh hell yeah! Um, they nicknamed her the Black Dahlia, probably a reference to a movie that was out at the time called The Blue Dahlia, yes, uh, which was a film noir. Yeah. Um, that I actually haven't watched. Um, the uh, The Times uh, on January seventeenth described the murder as quote a sex fiend slaying end quote. <laughs> Um, some of the media, I can't I wasn't able to find exact sources because it seems like somebody was saying the exact same stuff over and over against the recording of the same person. Yeah. Uh, that she was an adventuress who prowled Hollywood Boulevard.
1: Yes. I found that as well.
2: Yeah. She was apparently an aspiring actress like many women in LA are, but she actually doesn't have any movie credits credits that I could find movie or TV.
1: Like, I couldn't find any either, which I thought was, so maybe she was just an air quotes actress.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking.
1: Little did she know she'd still become famous.
2: (laughs) That's a hell of a way to become famous is to get murdered.
1: Yeah, well.
2: Is that how you want to be famous?
1: Negative, Ghost (laughs) Rider.
2: So, I do have a timeline uh, of things that happened after her death.
1: We like a good timeline.
2: Yeah, and they're actually, I've got large portions of quotes here from it because it's actually kind of interesting and kind of paints a really bizarre picture. Um, Starting with the 21st of January, uh, there was an anonymous phone call to the Los Angeles Examiner editors, uh, James Richardson. Mm -hmm. Uh, The anonymous mail said he would turn himself in but to expect, quote, souvenirs of Beth Short in the mail, end quote.
1: <laughs> That's dark.
2: Oh, it gets even darker because that same day, a U.S. postal worker discovered a manila envelope that was addressed to the Los Angeles Examiner and other Los Angeles papers. Ooh. Um, this was the classic ransom note where you cut out the letters from like a newspaper or magazine and paste them in. Yeah. It was one of those. Uh, message on the face quote here's Dahlia's belongings letter to follow end quote um, inside the envelope contained her birth certificate oh um, names writ- uh, business cards photographs names written on pieces of paper and an address book with the name Mark Hansen embossed on the cover uh, there actually was a Mark Hansen who was one of the 150 suspects uh, that the LAPD investigated Um, The contents of that envelope, just like her corpse, had been cleaned with gasoline to remove basically all the evidence. Um, However, the cleaning wasn't very thorough and they were able to lift partial prints. So they lifted the prints, sent them off to the FBI with our good friend J. Edgar Hoover. And they were compromised in transit.
1: Lies.
2: That's the official story. It's Uh, a
1: conspiracy.
2: Well, or somebody. Somebody fucked up royally. Yeah. I mean, never assume malice when incompetence will do.
1: But I like assuming malice.
2: Malice gets fun, but again, three can keep a secret if two of them are dead. So with them be- with the envelope being compromised, and the pr- sorry, with the prince being compromised, they weren't usable.
1: Well, that's frustrating.
2: Mm-hmm. Although, interestingly, her arrest for underage drinking is what helped them identify her.
1: Yes, because they took her fingerprints and sent them off to Washington in a basically what their version of a fax machine was then. And they were able to uh, distinguish that it was this was in fact short. So I thought that was kind of a fun Mm -hmm. fact.
2: Um, Five days later on the 26th, there was a letter sent to the uh, to the examiner, quote, Here it is, turning in Wednesday, January 29th, 10 a.m., had my fun at police, the Black Dahlia Avenger, end quote. On the 29th of January, police waited at the Inquirer offices. (laughs) Uh, They received a note at 1 p.m. that read, quote, have changed my mind. You would not give me a square deal. Dahlia killing was justified, end quote. Yeah, so... And along the way, they had, you know, suspect after suspect. Um, And it gets wilder. Uh, Jumping ahead a little bit to the 14th of March, there is an apparent suicide note found in a pile of men's clothes tucked into a shoe that was under the pile. Oh. Uh, And it was found at the ocean's edge. So like somebody stripped, like it's meant to look like someone wrote a note, tucked it in their shoes, stripped down, piled the clothes on top of the shoes so the note wouldn't blow away and then went and drowned themselves is what it was meant at least meant to look like.
1: Yeah, but drowning isn't that easy.
2: No, it is not. But here's the uh here's the here's the entirety of the note that was found in the shoe. To whom it may concern, I have waited for the police to capture me for the black dahlia killing, but have not. I am too much of a coward to turn myself in, so this is the best way out for me. I couldn't help myself for that or this sorry Mary. Um and like I said, over the court, that's, those were the most interesting things I found. Yeah. Um, and the uh, LAPD would eventually investigate well over 150 people. Um, by the spring of 47, the case was effectively cold and, well, yeah. and unsolvable. Um, in September of 1949, there was actually a grand jury convened to investigate um, and discuss the LAPD's inability to solve a lot of murders, especially those of women and children.
1: It's because they didn't care mm, Well Sorry that's my assumption it's probably not
2: I'll touch on that in a minute but what I actually Found uh, kind of interesting About that is that a lot of um, Of Elizabeth's comings and goings We know because of that grand jury investigation Yeah um, But jumping back L.A. in the 40s um, Was not a safe place to be for really anyone Unless
1: um, you are A white man
2: Even then um, just looking around it, yeah. uh, looking at some of their murders around the same time frame. Hers was on the upper end of the violence of it, but it wasn't like an extreme outlier. Uh, but what you ended up with was young, attractive female, murdered brutally, slow news day. Ta-da. Yeah. Um, but what, here's more fun. The, uh, notoriety of it just because it got so much press. Yeah. Um, Actually spurred a whole bunch of confessions, most of them by men and most of them false, obviously. Um, During the initial investigation, so from January to spring of 47, the LAPD got 60 confessions. Wow. Six zero. To something
1: you didn't do. Three square meals a
2: day. Three hots in a cot. The notoriety of, hey, I... Bragging rights in prison. Yeah. Yeah. Any any number of things. Okay. Um, By this point, there have been... Over 500 confessions. Now, oh, here's where it gets funny. There's about a hundred of them that were that people confessed to killing her that weren't born when she was killed.
1: <laughs> it's kind of hard to do. It is. I did it while I was in my daddy's balls.
2: Shit. There was one of one confession where you know when my daddy was in his daddy's balls. <laughs> <laughs> That is that is some next level generational That's havoc.
1: F-
0: fucking hilarious! I found the Tardis and <laughs> went back. <laughs>
2: so, um, there's one other thing I did want to touch on because the uh, horrific movie, The Black Dahlia, yes, um, and the 1987 novel that it was based upon, uh, doesn't exactly have a whole lot of basis in the known facts of the case.
1: Uh, yeah, I kind of assumed that.
2: Oh my god. It's terrible.
1: I never read the book or saw the movie, but...
2: Let me save you a trip. Don't. Okay. Um, but But the, there is a critic, and I found a review of the novel mm-hmm. uh, by David Fine, said, quote, that the novel explored the, quote, the larger fields of politics, crime, corruption, and paranoia in post-war LA, or Los Angeles, excuse me. Alrighty righty then. Um, but also, you know, one of the more interesting unsolved murders even to this day.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, it's still widely popular it's covered on Mm -hmm. dozens of podcasts that i've listened to yeah like it's just very fascinating well and i think just because the sheer brutality of it the sheer
2: brutality of it the fact that so many things went exactly wrong yes like having those partial prints compromised like you know all of the she wasn't discovered for 10 hours and the sun at that point had been up for at least two yeah And she wasn't exactly hidden on this vacant lot. Yeah. So this so many little things is like, wait a second. This is weird. Yeah. But not, you know, completely impossible. Um, But the other thing that's interesting to me is that, number one, she was just one murder among many. Yes. And like I said earlier, yeah, it was brutal. Yeah, this killer, the killer or killers were very effective in what they did. You know, washing the body with gasoline performing a hemicorpandectomy, all that other stuff. But she was one murder among many, and that isn't even one of the more brutal murders that happened in LA in 47. Yeah. Or even, you know, going 12, going six or 12 months either side, that's not the most brutal murder. Yeah. It's up there.
1: <laughs> but it's not the most.
2: Yeah, and it's not such an, it's not an extreme outlier, which there's so many things that make me wonder, you know, why? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, uh, the, the thing that I kind of compare it to is Jack the Ripper. Oh, yeah. Jack the Ripper. We say, you know, we say that and everybody goes, ooh, serial killer horror. He killed so many people. He killed five.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you
2: know. <laughs> that's it. That's it.
1: Yep. All that hoopla for five murders. God damn.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but again, unsolved murders. Yeah. So, and that's kind of what I think makes it so interesting, is that we have someone who's trying to make it, who had a whole lot of the deck stacked against her, the whole, you know, trying to go rags to riches story. Yeah. And then murdered brutally in the night.
1: Yeah.
2: Which makes for wonderful drama and storytelling and kind of crap life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much.
2: Uh Uh-huh. So that just... It's the same sort of thing. Like it's just such a legendary crime, and yet,
1: it really wasn't the most brutal of that time.
2: Yeah. What? What? It, it's a question to me now. Of you know, kind of, so to bar from professional wrestling the the term. What? What does it take to get it for a crime to get over? Yeah. You know what does it take for it to stick in the consciousness? What does it? You know. You know, Ted Bundy sticks in the culture, but part of that was news. Part of the fact is the fact that apparently he was pretty. So, yes. I mean. Jim, I don't
1: think that he was terribly pretty, but people well, think he's pretty.
2: Yeah. Or Jim Jones. Yeah. You know. Uh, but again, we we know that he arranged to kill people. Yes. Although I do With have the flavor to flavorade. Yes, I do have to share a terrible joke though. Okay. Why are there no Jim Jones jokes?
1: Because they drank the flavorade.
2: The punchline's too long.
1: Ah! I should have known that.
2: How did you not see that one coming a mile off?
1: Because I'm focused on the fact that it was Flavor-Aid, not Kool-Aid.
2: Well, yeah, there's that too. And again, that's another one of those things where the culture just kind of metamorphosized it from Flavor-Aid to Kool-Aid. Yeah. Which, that could be another thing to look into, but...
0: Spent so Don't much drink the Kool-Aid, motherfucker!
2: Yeah, that's kind of the, the, the line there.
1: Spent so much money on the drugs to kill everyone that he...
2: Had to buy generic. (laughs) Yeah. God, can't you imagine if he, it was like, I don't know, fucking like great value or something.
1: Oh, God.
2: (laughs) Anyway, just a nice dark twist to uh, apparently a serial killer. So you got anything else to add?
1: No, I think I'm pretty much shorted out.
2: Fair enough. Sarah?
1: I'm just enjoying the show.
2: (laughs) Well, I hope our listeners do too.
0: Dylan, don't touch the butt. You wanna know how I got these scars? Batman.